Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. The letters of the Bible. Okay, today we're going to do the letter, or begin, I should say, the letter of James. We use a King James Version Bible. We also ask the Father for the wisdom, the knowledge, and understanding in the name of Jesus as we go through this particular letter, the letter of James. Let's read the whole letter first, and then we'll go through it. Actually, we're going to read um, the first chapter because we have a lot of stuff that we're going to learn. So let's read the first chapter. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that she may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and unbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, Nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven, with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low. Because as the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to them that love him let no man say when he is tempted I am tempted of God for God cannot be tempted with evil neither tempteth he any man but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed then when lust hath conceived it bringeth forth sin And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will beget he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures." 
Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man, beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be re- religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Your religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their afflictions, and to keep himself unspotted, from the world. All right, that's James chapter 1. Let's go back. Let's go back to the beginning of James here. Let's find out what the first part says. So, we have here James, a servant of God. So, first of all, James is a servant of God. He's making sure that we understand that. Those that he's writing his letter to, okay? He wrote this letter to a certain group of people, which is very interesting. We'll get into that as we go forward in this verse. And so it's a servant of God, you know, because James was a Jew, and he knew God Almighty, the God of Abraham, and so he was a servant of God, and of the Lord Jesus Christ, which, of course, is that uh, James knew that Jesus was sent to earth by God to be the leader of the church, the body of Christ. In other words, those that are called out, the ecclesia. And so, yes, James was also a servant of Jesus, who he walked with for the three years that, you know, he was on earth. So, James is letting us know there's a distinction between God the Father and Jesus. Now, who is the letter written to? To the 12 tribes, which are scattered abroad, greeting. So, who is the letter written to? It was written to the 12 tribes. James is not writing to Gentiles. I want us to take a look. You see, 
Jesus had given them a command when he left. But before we look at the command, I want us to go back and find out about this 12 tribe stuff scattered abroad. Okay? So it isn't just people that are the Jews, quote. This is the 12 tribes, which Judah, which the Jews are a part of the tribe of Judah, some of the Jews, that there's other tribes. There's not just one tribe, there's 12 tribes. So, so James is directing his letter to that group, the scattered. Let's go to 2 Kings. I want you to find out about the 12 tribes. What happened to them? Why are they scattered? So 2 Kings chapter 17. Okay. 2 Kings chapter 17. Let's begin in verse 6. Why are they scattered? What is going on? Who is James talking to? In the ninth year of Hosea, the king of Assyria took Samaria. Samaria is, remember the Samaritan woman? That's right. These are descendants. The Samaritan woman was a descendant of Jacob, which was the, one of the 12 tribes. She was from one of the 12 tribes. We don't know which tribe she was from particularly. But this is when the end of Samaria as um, a part of Israel began as a nation. The ending of it. Took Samaria and carried Israel away into Assyria and placed them in Hala and in Haba by the river of Gozan and in the cities of the Medes. So you understand. So this Assyrian king the army came as God had foretold them because of the way they were, and he had gone and taken the people that they found, obviously, not all Israel, but those that they found, and they took them away captive. They weren't allowed to live in Samaria. So it took them away captive to other cities in other countries, you know, far away. For so it was that the children of Israel, why, had sinned against the Lord their God, which had brought them up out of the land of Egypt from under the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and had feared other gods. So what happened to the kingdom of Israel, which is different than the kingdom of Judah under David's reign, kingdom of Israel was going against God. That's right. It went against God. And walked in the statue of heathen whom the Lord cast out from before the children of Israel and of the kings of Israel which they had made. So, guess what? Uh, Israel had turned away from God and doing their own thing. And the children of Israel did secretly those things that were not right against the Lord their God, and they built them high places in all their cities from the tower of the watchmen to the fenced city. So Israel, 
as a nation, completely turn their back on God. The king and all of them, they're building all these idols and all this stuff. And, of course, this was their punishment, being brought away into Assyria and into other cities. And they set them up on images and groves in every high hill and under every green tree. And there they burned incense in all the high places, as did the heathen whom the Lord carried away before them. So, you see, there was heathen in these cities and stuff in Israel before it was Israel. In all of these cities, God took all these people and Israel got rid of these people that were living there and God gave them the cities. They were ready-made cities. And he took them out because they were heathen and he didn't want his people, the nation of Israel, to be corrupted by these um, heathens that had all of these different um, gods and idols and religions and stuff. So he got rid of them. And that was in the beginning. But guess what? and wrought wicked things to provoke the Lord to anger. So God got rid of them, got them away from them, so that they wouldn't influence the people of Israel. But the people of Israel liked that kind of stuff. So what did they do? They went and found it and did it and brought it back into Israel. For they served idols whereof the Lord had said to them, Ye shall not do this thing. Yet the Lord testified against Israel and against Judah by all the prophets and by all the seers, saying, Turn ye from your evil ways and keep my commandments and my statutes according to all the law which I commanded your fathers, in which I sent to you by my servants the prophets. Notwithstanding, they would not hear, but hardened their heart necks like to the neck of their fathers. They did not believe in the Lord their God. So God sent prophets and warned them and told them over and over again, don't do this, don't do this, you're going to be destroyed as a nation, and they didn't care. And they rejected his statues and his covenant that he had made with their fathers and his testimonies, which he testified against them. And they followed vanity and became vain and went after the heathen that were round about them, concerning whom the Lord had charged them that they should not do like them. So God had said, don't do what they're doing. And they left all the commandments of the Lord their God and made them molten images, even two calves, and made a grove and worshipped all the hosts of heaven and served Baal. You understand? They went totally, completely against God. The host of heaven, of course, is angels. That's right. Angels that are connected to Satan. Oh, yes. Angels, Satan's angels come down here and play games all the time with people. And they caused their sons and their daughters to pass through the fire and use divination and enchantment and sold themselves to do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. Do you know what this means? And they caused their sons and their daughters to pass through the fire. They sacrificed, killed their children, literally, on the fire altar to these gods, Baal and all of them, because they required that, you know, to prove that you were loyal to this god, you had to take a child of yours and burn them. Yeah, burn them. And they did it without a problem. Therefore the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them out of his sight 
there was none left. Understand this. We're going to come in here so you understand what God did. There was none left but the tribe of Judah only. So none left. You got it? You understand? Only one tribe, and that was because of David. Also, Judah kept not the commandments of the Lord their God, but walked in the statues of Israel, which they had made. So Judah was just like Israel. They did the same thing as Israel. But you see, David was the reason why Judah was spared. Verse 20, And the Lord rejected all the seed of Israel and afflicted them and delivered them into the hand of spoilers until he had cast them out of his sight. For he rent Israel from the house of David, and they made Jehoabim the son of Nebat king. And Jehoabim drave Israel from following the Lord and made them sin, a great sin. For the children of Israel walked in all the sins of Jehoabim, which he did. They departed not from them until the Lord removed Israel out of his sight, as he had said by all his servants, the prophets. So was Israel carried away out of their own land to Assyria unto this day. Okay, so now we know what happened. This is who James is talking about and talking to. This he knows what happened to Israel, the the. 12 tribes. He knows what happened to them. And the tribe of Judah is the one that was left, you see. So, um, guess what? That's who this is written to. But as God said, he scattered them among the heathen. So, the 12 tribes is, is, uh, is the group that James wanted to talk to, wanted to tell about Jesus, about what he was saying, okay? And let's take a look at Jesus' command, one of his times that he commanded um, the, uh, the 12, the apostles, the disciples, And I want us to go to Acts chapter 1, verse 6. And this is after Jesus had resurrected. When they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? So Jesus had overcome death, and they wanted to know about the kingdom of Israel, if it was going to be restored because it was in, in shattered right now, back then, 2,000 years ago, as it is today. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. So what Jesus is saying, don't worry about that. That's flesh stuff. Don't worry about flesh things. Don't concern yourself with when the kingdom of God is coming, when Israel is going to be a kingdom again. That's not important to us. That's not our jobs. That's not what we're supposed to dwell on. But Jesus is letting them know what they need to dwell on. Forget about that pot. Forget about the 12 tribes. Forget about all that. Interesting, isn't it? 
But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So you understand Jesus' instructions to them was that, guess what? You're supposed to go to all of the earth, not just some of the earth, and not just to the lost tribes, the 12 tribes. But you see, let's go back to James now. So you understand that James was a little stubborn, you see? (laughs) He was a little stubborn. He wanted to do it his way, which was, hey, (laughs) isn't that the way Christians are? So he wrote this letter to the 12 tribes, not to all the brethren, Gentiles included, by the way. No, he he didn't write it to those that were Gentiles and not of Israel, even though that, you know, there's a lot of, quote, Gentiles that are actually descended from the 12 tribes. So you understand that we can see right here that James was writing this letter to a specific group of believers. Even though Jesus had said, I want you to go to the world and tell them, you see. And so he's saying, let's continue. So now you understand who he's writing to and why. Because he wants to do it his way. Greetings. Verse 2. What does it say? My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers or various trials, temptations. So his brothers, his brethren, he's he's not talking to all the church now. He's talking to only Israel. And count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations. And, of course, yes, we will have trials, tribulations, trouble that happens to us. Why would we be joyful about that? Well, he says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience or produces patience, okay? It's, it's what it's about. We're supposed to rely on God. Working our faith is what he's talking about. If you go into trials and tribulations concerning the works of the kingdom, by the way, he's not talking about everyday nonsense, um, you know, that people, you know, I can't get a job, I I can't, uh, you know, I I don't have a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a husband, a wife, you know, um, my kids are doing what they're not supposed to. No, everyday things, no. This is, uh, you know, this is not what we're talking about, and that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the temptations and the trials that come into us concerning the works of the kingdom when we're tempted, when we're tested, because we're being proved. God does prove us, okay? So we know, okay, we know that 
the trying of your faith, do you believe? Do you trust God? Do you know, you know, that God will, who God is, who Jesus is, what Jesus did? That to work fully means to accomplish, and the reason why is so that as we go through the trials, doing the works of the kingdom, we will go through it, our faith, and we'll get through it because of God, and our faith will be strengthened every time we go through something as we're doing the works of the kingdom. And by that, you will grow in patience, which the word patience means cheerful endurance. So that's why it's joyful. It's joyful because the more trials you have, um, the more cheerful endurance you build because you know, well, I'm going through this right now. These people are doing this to me, but God is in control, and I'm going to continue to do his work no matter what. And then you keep doing his work, knowing that he's in control, okay? And you get joyful. So let's continue with verse 4. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. And, of course, the word perfect doesn't mean to be um, you know, without sin. That's not what he's talking about. It's talking about complete. Um, another way to put it is spiritual growth, full age, you know. So have uh, patience uh, produces in you spiritual growth and because you're spiritually growing and you're spiritually strengthening and because of the trials that you're going through, you, what does he say? And entire, complete, wanting nothing. He's talking about what? He's talking about doing the works of the kingdom. You will be able to do the works of the kingdom. You won't lack anything for doing the works of the kingdom, you know. Let's see. As you, today, you're on the Internet, and um, God has called you to teach others, you see. So when God has called you to teach others, and you want to teach others, you want to do what God has called you to do, and you do as he asks you to do, then what happens? What happens is that he will make sure that you have Internet access, you have a computer, you have the time, you have the ability to do his works, wanting nothing, you see. <laughs> he gives you what you need and you don't have to worry about it. And as you grow spiritually, this will happen over and over again. Now, what does James 1.5 say? And he's asking a question. 
so James is saying you'll grow spiritually. God will take care of you, provide what you need to do the works of the kingdom. James is not talking about flesh nonsense, you know, want and things. Forget that. This is talking about working for the kingdom. So he's taking care of that. Now, James continues, and he's saying in verse 5, if, okay, there's a condition here, if any of you lack wisdom, lack wisdom? Well, James has just told us about doing the works of the kingdom, and God will give us what we need. You'll not want for anything, okay? And so he continues and he says, now as you're going along, as you are doing the works of the kingdom or want to do the works of the kingdom, if you lack wisdom, you don't know how to do the works of the kingdom. The wisdom is the um, knowing when to do it, where to do it. So you understand? So if any of you lack wisdom, where do you want me to do this? When do you want me to do this? Work of the kingdom. So you get a job from God. You know you're called to do this. And you, you know, you're not sure when you're supposed to do it, where you're supposed to do it, and all of that. That's not knowledge of how to do it, okay? That's done through the Holy Spirit. You, you ain't going to need that to the knowledge. God will take care of that part himself, the how, meaning what you're going to say, and that kind of stuff. Wisdom on when to do it, where to do it, the process of doing it. It says, if, you, if any of you lack wisdom, when God wants you to do it, and so forth, let him ask of God that giveth to all, and this word men, of course, is added, it's, so it's that giveth to all, meaning uh, we're talking about the kingdom of heaven here, believers in Jesus Christ, not to humans, non-believers, sorry. That's an added thing. Liberally. So yes, God will answer you. He'll let you know when, and he'll let you know where, and the process, and he'll give you the wisdom to know that stuff. Absolutely. And I'll uh, give you an example of, of that. Um, I personally um, am going to a Bible study, a group of women. As usual, the, um, the leaders of the Bible study, um, as, as time goes on every week, um, the first week was semi-okay uh, because uh, even though I saw the, the changes... And the second week, I wasn't able to make it. Uh, the third week, um, the leaders started to, um, whatever I said, they said just the opposite or made what I said in a roundabout way wrong. And so by, the, by last week, you had people who are 
uh, in the Bible study that that now the leaders um, also talk against what I say in a roundabout way. See, they don't directly say it. They just, they do it slyly. And now there's other people within the Bible study that are also going against what I say in a roundabout way also. So, because you see, the thing is that that the nonsense that they teach is not what the Bible tells us, okay? And so I'm not attacking them at all. I just show them truth. And, uh, and they don't like my truth, you see. So, um, so I ask God, and we're talking about the wisdom here. So I ask God, you know, what the purpose of going to this, um, continue to go to this Bible study, because it just seems to be getting worse and worse every week. Um, And, you see, they have an email um, uh, group. Everybody in the the Bible study gave their email address and... And I was on the email address, email list the first week because I received the first email. <laughs> but, uh, but I received no more emails from that time. And I asked her about it, but, you know, they don't answer me, uh, which is fine. But the good news is, and that's what God showed me, was that he wants them to get the truth. And so he wants me to teach them things. And so I have all their email addresses. So every day now, he gave me the wisdom to be able to connect with them. And they can read it or not read it, respond or not respond. It doesn't matter, you know. And I'm sure that there are people in that group. They've actually talked to me. Some of the people in that group actually do talk to me outside um, of the, you know, the church. So they will get whatever it is that God wants them to get. See, that's the wisdom. You know, I ask God, what am I supposed to do? You know, it's, uh, I'm, I'm not interested in having any kind of fighting and arguing and that kind of stuff. That's not going to accomplish anything. So he's shown me the way. He's shown me, you know, wisdom because I really wanted the wisdom. So that's an example and that's for me in my situation. And that's what God does. He shows us the things. He gives us the answer. He gives us the wisdom. So let's go back to James here. Verse 5. And if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all liberally, all brethren liberally, and unbraideth not, and it shall be given him. So, yes, that's what God does. He will answer our question. And and this word liberally means bountifully. He'll answer you with no problems, you know, bountifully. And this word unbraideth, James is saying that he's not going to taunt you or chide you or revile you or reproach you. It's not the way he's going to do it. 
Um, he's not going to rail at you. God isn't going to say, oh, stupid you. You know, when you like, if I asked him, you know, what, what do you want me to do? It's not working out. I don't want an argument here with them. And, and uh, you know, God's not going to say, oh, stupid you, you know, or, oh, well, come on, uh, you know, that's not the way God is. That isn't how God answers us. He just provides us with, through the Holy Spirit speaking to our spirit. That's how you get your information if you're listening and you're connected spiritually that God gives you the answers that you need. And more and more as you progress. James is letting us know that. And that's where I want to stop because... I want us to pick this up next time because there's uh, another part of this that's important. But understand that if you lack wisdom, you need to ask God to give you the wisdom. Not trying to do it on your own and come up with your own stuff. Because God will let you know. Wisdom. Until next time.